0: hello
1: I am Chris and I'm Andrew and welcome to the first episode of video games cover to cover
0: we are uh, starting off as you heard in the last uh well I guess the beginning the tutorial <laughs> as Chris kept calling it yeah I kept calling it tutorial for some reason I'm not sure why uh, I I'm just stuck in like video game speak I guess but we appropriate we are starting off with uh Final Fantasy 10 2. Now, this first episode is going to have heavy spoilers for uh, Final Fantasy X uh, and, obviously, uh, the first couple sections of Final Fantasy X-2, mostly because there's going to be lots and lots and lots of comparison between X and X-2. I, myself, have recently played X again for, I think, the fourth time now.
1: Yeah, that sounds about right. I I mean, if you count the numerous times, you basically... Played an entire game's worth of Blitz Ball, it's probably closer to like 10th time.
0: Well, yes. I frequently replay 10 just so that way I can play Blitz Ball. And you have to play the entire game because you have to be able to get the airship to go get everybody that you want because you can't go back to other areas without wasting a bunch of time. And basically, you just need to beat the whole game just so that way you can play Blitz Ball. I understand that a lot of people probably don't like Blitzball, and all of those people are wrong. I love it. I absolutely love Blitzball, and I could talk about it forever, but this isn't the Blitzball podcast. This is Final Fantasy X-2.
1: I will add very briefly, though. I'm pretty sure even before you had the game or even a PlayStation 2, you kept coming over to my house when we were younger solely to play Blitzball on my
0: save file. I did. I did. I, I actually created my own save file so that I could play Blitzball unencumbered by your playthrough. Um, and I remember falling asleep and then waking up the next morning and like uh, Titus refused to call him Titus is just standing there waiting for me to pick like a shot or something.
1: <laughs> but yes, as he was saying, uh, this is as much as Chris could easily fill an entire podcast talking about Blitzball this is meant for the sequel not the original game
0: so i guess i will go ahead and i uh, so so we're kind of following a 100% guide and we'll leave the link in the descriptions but if i remember correctly it's Prim, prima prima games i i, I think is that's that right, right yeah Andrew? Uh, it, it's a
1: I picked that one specifically because it was a spoiler-free walkthrough. It just tells you basically, like, hey, go to this zone and talk to this person or whatever. It doesn't have any context like a real walkthrough does. Not a real walkthrough, but, like, a more elaborate one does. Um, and we picked that just because since Final Fantasy X-2 is such a wide-open game where you can so you immediately start with the airship, unlike the sequel, and you can go to any area it would have been logistically very difficult for us to make sure we had experienced the same stuff if we weren't following the same path.
0: Yeah, and that that's not, from my perspective, super important, but it's also one of those things where I probably am not going to play 10-2 as much as I've played 10, and I just want to experience the whole game right out of the gate. I typically do the same thing with Persona, um, because I do love Persona games, but they're so long that I typically don't have time to replay them. Yeah. Um, so a lot of times I'll try to follow, like, a do this on this day, do this here, do this here. And I, I will say, from following this, wow, how on earth? Somebody had to play the crap out of this game to understand where everything is because...
1: Well, I mean, it's Prima... So most likely they actually talked directly to Square to figure it out since it's an actual company that used to do that all the time. And 10.2 was old enough that I'm pretty sure that was still the norm back then when you still got those big, beefy strategy guides that you physically held and had cool pictures and stuff. And obviously the walkthrough online is a very short summary of that with none of those details, but I assume they still use the same data because I don't think... I know there's new content in the HD version, but I don't think any of that affects the 100% in any way. And if it does, well, crap, we're already screwed.
0: <laughs> yeah, pretty sure it actually does. I think that there are certain parts, but I think the guide that we're following includes that. I'm pretty sure it's also the HD remaster. Not well, a, I'm not 100% on that, hopefully. but if not, we're not going to get 100%. So so here's hoping. Yeah. Uh, i will say that right now i have i just entered uh Mee-Hen high road i just got there and i think andrew you said you completed that section um
1: yes i finished Meehan high Road and mushroom rock which is the same section
0: yeah a- and i just got there um so i'll have to catch i'll have to play some catch up. so yeah this this episode is going to
1: be there's not going to be a whole lot of 102 stuff other than the very beginning but that's Fine, because there's plenty to talk about just related to how it compares to 10. And on that note, I guess let's start with what are your first impressions, Chris?
0: Ooh, okay. So first impressions. Um, first impression, I absolutely hate the battle system. I cannot. St- I hate active mode, and and even better is wait mode doesn't actually put you in wait mode until you select something. So if I put my Switch down because it's primarily an on-the-go thing and maybe something happens and I need to look up from my screen or something, it doesn't just pause. It just keeps going and my party gets wiped because I didn't notice it. I absolutely hate the battle system.
1: And see, it's interesting that you say that because me as someone who has played – all. I think every Final Fantasy game at this point, um, except for Type Zero, I don't think I've gotten around to that one yet. But anyway, pretty much all of them. I I pretend was pretty much your first
0: one, right? Ten, 10 was my first one, and part of the problem is I just finished a my last playthrough of Ten right before hitting Ten Two. I just finished it, so immediately going into a new battle system, I I'm like it, it's it It really sucks and and I'm sure that I'll get used to it over time. I'm already kind of getting used to it now. It's just one of those things where it's like because it's on the switch, I really want to be able to just, you know, pick it up and put it down whenever I can. I don't want and and, and there just really are no breaks. It's like with 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 ten, the way I would do it is I would play a bunch or um, you know, if my wife is watching a television show or something and I'm sitting there playing my switch. As soon as a battle would come up, I would just set it down for a second, take a quick breather, and, and see what's going on on the TV screen. I cannot do that on 10 2 because of the active battle system. As I was
1: starting to go into there, though, that's really interesting because 10 was really the outlier there because pretty much all of the previous games since like three, I think, used the ATB system. Now, 10's is slightly different from some of the others, but really, 10 with its everything pauses for you to take your turn was actually the one that was unusual for the series. Having said that, I actually recently put together a ranking order of Final Fantasies, which I'm not going to go into right now, but I put 10 up very high to the top, specifically because it has such a fantastic battle system. It's probably my favorite battle system in the entire series.
0: I thought 13 was also a weight battle system where you would sit there. I did not think... 13, wait, no, 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 not 13. Yeah, yeah, 13, the one with
1: lightning. No, 13 definitely. 13 plays a lot like 10 too, actually.
0: Really? Yes. Okay, well, then maybe I will get used to it, because I definitely—I I remember not hating the battle system in Because
1: 13. 13 has the same thing where you can, like, something very similar to the Dress Spheres where you actually just change jo- your job in the middle of a fight and stuff, and then the bar... Fills up, although I do, if I remember correctly, in 13, you could kind of queue a few things, and they would just run through them.
0: Oh, yeah. I I think, yeah, because I, I enjoyed that, because then I could just queue a whole bunch of stuff up, and then I would could just sit there and take a break, And th- depending on the battle. I also think there was a system in 13 where you could just basically do like a rush, where it would automatically just go through a fight and attack. I believe that is true, yes. Which, I to my knowledge, is not in 10 no, I don't think it is. So 102's variation
1: on ATB is interesting for a couple reasons. One is um, as I was saying the the whole dress sphere mechanic where you can actually change your job in the middle of the fight, which obviously 13 also did, but 102 is def- is the first one in the series to even experiment with this concept. And I will say the whole like magical girl transformation between dress spheres is actually pretty cool. I remember teenage me being like, wow, this is dumb, but adult Andrew, who appreciates you know things that are actually good and interesting, enjoys it.
0: Yeah, see, I never really... I, I watched a lot of anime as a kid, so even when I would see you play it, it just made me reminisce, I guess, of Sailor Moon, so it, to me, I was like, oh, that's cool, that's interesting. I mean, having said that,
1: after watching the animations once or twice, pretty much immediately set it to... Uh, the quick version so I didn't have to wait but it's at least cool
0: Uh, so I guess my that that kind of leads me into my other impression which is wow so not sure what was going on with the clothing choices here their base clothes was there like climate change or something that's now that sin's gone okay so there's a whole <laughs> is it like way hotter and everybody needs to wear significantly less clothes cuz Riku might as well just be wearing a couple strings.
1: Yeah, she's basically got like a thong and uh No,
0: she definitely has a thong, but she got pants on too. Not very big pants though. <laughs> no. By that same standpoint, Yuta is is not where it's basically wearing like panties okay, and that's so, it. So the thing is, you know, given who Riku
1: was in 10 I can't even, uh, I mean, it's definitely obviously fan service, but I can't even say that that's, I look at this and go, oh, she would absolutely never wear this. It's weird, but I could sort of see it. Whereas with Yuna, there is no way the Yuna from Final Fantasy X would ever wear this outfit.
0: Well, I I mean, that I kind of get because she had to be the summoner before and like had to You know, she has to be dressed up in massive amounts of clothes all the time, and you know, she has to have this repressed, maybe like a repressed teenager in some way. And now she's like, okay, I can now wear whatever I want, and nobody can tell me anything. Uh, Yeah,
1: the uh, repressed is probably the word I was going to use before you started talking. So I, I think we're kind of on the same page there.
0: And with Riku, hers sort of makes sense because at the same time, she also spends a lot of time in the water. So she's not really going to be want want to weigh herself. I mean, she's basically wearing a bathing suit like all the time. So I kind of get it, but at the same time it's like, guys, really? Come on now. It didn't need to be that extreme. I'm not going to sit here and complain about the fan service, but at the same time, how far is is, is too far.
1: Uh yeah, and by comparison, um Payne, the new character is very stoic well, and she's she and conservatively dressed,
0: oh yes, she is the only one that th- that sat there and said, "Listen, I want to wear clothes today." <laughs> <laughs> she's the only person who feels like she decided to
1: wear actual armor rather than like fantasy armor where you know a chainmail bikini is somehow magically enough to protect you,
0: yeah. Well, th- listen. As a thief, here's the thing. So Riku's base form, I think, is thief, right? Yeah, that's her starting class. So if that's her starting class and that's her clothes, is that those are not good clothes for a thief? No, there's you're very stand. You're standing out like big time. Not only that, but like, um... where are you gonna put your 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 tools?
1: Where are you gonna put all the stuff that you steal? That and also. There's too many random, like, stra- random straps to get caught on something if you're trying to sneak around or whatever. It's not great.
0: But I will say, here's the other thing, is people are going to be like, oh, wait, she's obviously not a thief. I mean, look at her. She's really trying to stand out. So, I don't know. I'm just trying to, to make... I, I, I will say, the other thing about, speaking of the starting classes. is... It's an
1: interesting choice, because, okay, Riku starts as the thief, which absolutely makes sense, given her background in the first game. And, I mean, she was the thief in that game, too, so, of course, that's obvious. Um, And then Pain being the warrior type, which, given that, you know, Aran and pretty much the uh, entire—the only returning party members are Riku and Yuna, so someone has to be the tank. So, okay, she's a warrior, and I get that, but— Yuna apparently just swore off of magic altogether and decided she wanted to learn how to use a gun, which yeah. is kind of a weird choice.
0: So, so it's been three years. Uh, for for people who haven't played Ten, Machina, as they call it, with just the robots and like basically any technological advance at all is essentially just Machina in this world was banned by the religion of of Ten. In that case, I think it was Yevon.
1: Yes, it was um, the Church of Yevon.
0: So all Machina was banned. Now we're at an eternal calm, and spoiler, we find out Yevon super sucks, and uh, they're the reason for everything that was bad in Spira. So in three years, it's like, let's mass-produce guns. Yeah, I don't... (laughs)
1: I was, I was about to say, I don't even know that guns existed, but I'm pretty sure the outbed in 10 did use guns a couple times. They did. They did. Okay, so um, guns because... did exist, so it's not quite that bad, but they didn't look anything like the gun she has, which looks like like a desert eagle you could walk into a gun shop in America in 2019 and buy.
0: Well, I think my favorite part is that Yevon, um, went, when Seymour was getting or was basically forcing Yuna to marry him... Um, th- Yevin, the followers of Yevin, one of the maesters is attacking us with guns. So like they don't it's very clear that they're the super bad guys and they're like, oh, well, we can use them because we need to. Well, yeah, I mean, the entire point of 10 was about the hypocrisy of uh,
1: religious structures and their ability to control people through the ideas of traditions and stuff and obscure reality under myth. So them being a bunch of, you know, terrible people was not a surprise, but it is kind of a surprise that a world who swore, you know, who followed this teaching for so long, more or less suddenly being like, it's okay now. Yeah.
0: Over the course of like one day, they're like, oh, you killed sin forever. Well, I mean, I guess that would do it. If everybody suddenly found out, there's obviously still going to be your holdouts, which in this game, there's a new Yevin. So obviously, some people are still like, Yeah. I don't really know what is about, I don't really know what's up about that yet because I haven't gotten very far. But I thought that was very interesting. Um, And like all of these groups and stuff are trying to get Yuna to join right off the bat. And she just keeps going, No, 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 I don't want anything to do with this.
1: Yeah. uh so one of the things I will say, like setting wise, that I do really enjoy about 10.2 is it's really, at least in the beginning, a lot more focused on like small scale stuff where this is Yuna's life. This is just her living her life. You know, we're not saving the world or whatever. We're just going around and having adventures and trying to f- learn more about the world's history. And so I kind of really respect that she's like actively going, no, I don't want to get involved in these big organizations and have a bunch of responsibility again. That time has
0: passed. I mean, when she goes with the gall wing, she's basically having an adventure to go find her boyfriend.
1: Well, yeah, uh, I, I do find it interesting how they, the intentional parallel of her doing the narration now, works because Titus, I guess,
0: uh, shut up, <laughs> shut up. <laughs> okay. Titus was doing the exact same thing in the first game, and he was narrating to her, and now she's narrating to him, even though he's gone. Well, he's not gone, because in that sphere, I saw him in locked inside of a cage, acting like a whiny child trying to get out. Which, to be fair, is on brand for him. <laughs>
1: yeah. But that's assuming that that's actually him. And my only thought there is it feels really weird for it to just be, yeah, that's Tidus, because that's really early for that to come out in this game, if that's true.
0: Well, I mean, at the very end of 10, there's a thing after all of the credits that shows him, like, swimming. So I it, it could very well be him. You're and not- I don't know if maybe that's just the remaster or what, but they were definitely implying. I think what happened when 10.2 came out is everyone was like, oh, turns out you all hated the fact that he was suddenly gone. Well, here, let's go on a quest to go get him back. I,
1: I mean that very well. That that's probably very true. Um, did you actually did you watch the
0: Eternal Column video before you started? I did, but it did not explain pretty much anything for me from my perspective. No,
1: but just that little interesting attempt that, that that came out after the fact to basically just try to bridge the two games. And yeah, it doesn't really explain much. But like, that's obviously something that is relatively new that is there to try to. Make this sudden shift feel a little less jarring, and I'm not really sure it works, but at least they
0: kind of tried. Well, it seems like it was just very basic and just like, oh, hey, look, here's Waka, e- everyone's favorite character, Waka. Look at him, he's still here. I guess that's been my favorite part so Hooray. far, is not having to see Waka at all.
1: Yeah, um, I miss Lulu and I miss Aaron, but otherwise, I don't, I never, I mean, Titus, honestly. Kind of sucks as a main character, and I never really cared about Kamari.
0: <laughs> Poor Kamari, which nobody ever cared about. Kamari, that guy, you know, he he's he's getting beaten down his whole life by his own people, and then you never use him. So when you have to go back to Mount Gagaset, he super sucks, and then it's like, oh, I have to be in a fight only with Kamari. This is awesome, and I'm gonna die.
1: Yeah, uh, the game itself did Kamari no favors because by putting him in the middle, in a battle system where they clearly took some effort to designing it so that everybody had a purpose and you needed everyone, Kamari just existed and was the only one you never actually needed.
0: Well, what I did, which was interesting for, for Kamari, is I kind of made him like a discount Titus, so I had him learn his Kamari stuff. And then I immediately flung him over into into Titus's section and had him learn like haste and slow. So when I had to fight him this this last time I played it, or when I had to fight his brothers, I just hasted him and I completely destroyed them. Like it wasn't even close. I think I usually made him like follow the unipath just
1: because I wanted more than one person who could actually cast a heal spell, but he was never very good at it, so it was kind of a pointless thing.
0: That's actually what I did too. So I, I had him do um you that's right. I had him do Unifirst. So I had somebody else who knew Cure that and I could basically what I what I did with him is in the in the very beginning of the game, what I would do is I'd have him learn cure and then I just lance it every single time he ran out of um, mana. So then I could just infinitely cure my people in between sections. Later sections, it didn't matter as much because you never really got to a point where you didn't have mana. But that's one of the things that I did. And then I then I made him go down Titus's path so that way I could haste for that, specifically for that battle. And then I've never used him again. Yeah, poor, poor Kamari. So
1: is he even in this game somewhere? I'm pretty sure he lives on Mount Gagazet as like an elder now.
0: Oh, yeah, that would make sense. Oh, that's right. They did mention that. They mentioned Kamari's there in the in the first section with the mountain. They mentioned that Kamari is there, and he's the one that actually found the sphere that 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 they that kind of started the whole yeah, that quest. initial sphere hunt. That's right. Yeah, I for, I even forgot about that. Poor Kamari. Poor Kamari. No one likes Kamari. <laughs> I care so little about Kamari. Kamari that is the Zoidberg
1: of Final Fantasy Ten.
0: Yeah, clearly he never speaks, and like. I just don't care. So I guess he's the anti-Zoidberg in that
1: sense, since he never talks. Yeah. While we were talking about taking down Titus's path and stuff, one thing that does bring me to a point I wanted to mention, which is, along with Final Fantasy X having easily my favorite battle system, I have the relatively controversial opinion that I know Chris agrees with, but a lot of people don't, which is,
0: I love the sphere grid. Oh, yes. I also love the sphere grid. Andrew, you love a sphere grid in any game. Well, well, yes, but there's very few that have ever done something like that. But the sphere grid is just so... I like it because it's just like you get to choose your own fate. You get to choose what you upgrade and when you upgrade it. And you could be your own downfall or you can make the right decision. So like with Kamari, like I was able to choose exactly where I wanted him to go and exactly who I wanted him to be. And he got a lot of use in the beginning and not so much use at the end because by that point, everybody else was circling back on other people's um, spear grids. Anyway, but to me, that's such an interesting system because you get to decide, I'm like, okay, so I want to give this character more health. I want to give this character more MP. It's not just a, oh, well, I level up and hope that I'm going to get the health that I want no, you can specifically choose, I want health here, I want MP here, because you, there are blank sections all throughout the sphere grid, and you can add mana ones, you can add health ones, you can add strength or whatever, depending on what your needs are. I I always loved this sphere grid, and I still love it to this day. Uh, my one complaint about the sphere grid, in the early parts of the game you wind
1: up sitting on so many levels at least if you're like me and don't want to have to double back because certain spheres are so hard to get. So that was annoying. If you're
0: talking about ability spheres, there's a ability sphere thing that Arn gets where you can just farm ability spheres from uh, monsters, and then I I never actually had that problem at all. I ran into it a little bit, um, but you can actually just farm ability spheres from uh, monsters using that. He has this some like ability break or something, and you can hit a monster, and no matter what, you're guaranteed to get an ability sphere.
1: See, I didn't know that, and that would have been super cool to know. But anyway. Like we said, we're going to spend a lot of time comparing 10 to 10. -10. It's an inevitable thing here. One thing I did really, for me, the big reasons I really like the sphere grid were, I mean, A, like you said, so you get some more control about it, but I, I like that you get small upgrades very quickly rather than waiting for an entire level and then boom you get everything um so i liked that more incremental feel and i also really kind of just like zooming out and just looking and like getting that visual look at where all you've been and just that sort of it's a a visual way of recognizing your progress that like i've never really seen in any other game like that
0: yeah i really wish i f- could figure out how to do that on the switch because i definitely haven't figured out how to zoom out and it sucks, and I wish I knew how to do it. But,
1: so we bring this up because 10-2 completely does away with the sphere grid and everything related to it, and it's just a standard leveling system, and that is easily one of my biggest disappointments so far.
0: Yeah, I noticed that. You gave me the impression that the sphere grid was still there. No, the sphere
1: grid is in 13. Well, a, a similar thing, and that's part of why I really like 13, But no, the regular level ups with the job system, which I really like the jobs. Don't get me wrong. I love job systems in Final Fantasy. But coming off of the sphere grid, which I love to death, it was a huge disappointment.
0: Yeah, I noticed that because I've leveled up a bunch and I was expecting a sphere grid at some point and it hasn't come up. And I was like, oh, well, maybe I just haven't gotten to that part yet. And yeah, I I was living. I was delusional. You Um, You were living a lie. I really should have known that it wasn't there.
1: But so, having said that, like I said, I do appreciate a good job system. Some of my favorite Final Fantasy, like Tactics, which is my absolute favorite Final Fantasy game, have the job system and I really love it. Um, even some of their other side games, like Bravely Default and stuff, you got a good job system. I'm almost guaranteed to be into it mechanically. 10 2s is a decent job system, it's definitely not my favorite, but. I'm also really early. I don't have a whole lot of jobs to pick from
0: yet. Well, I basically have all the jobs now. I mean, I don't know how many jobs there are, but um I have black mage. I mean, what's left? <laughs> Fighter, black mage. White mage. White well, yeah, but you have the white mage don't you have healing wind, the dress sphere?
1: Oh yeah, but or the the garment grid, yes, which that's a part of the what makes the job system really weird. But uh yes, I have that, but I mean, there's definitely going to be an actual white mage job. It would be crazy. Um, And if you go into the dress spheres on the menu, there's spots for like
0: 16 to 20 of them. What? How many more could there possibly be? I mean, what jobs are left? Obviously, like 17 different versions
1: of white mage, clearly. No, I mean, for real, though, um, if it's anything like the job systems in the previous games, you're going to start getting some really uh, more elaborate stuff, like Probably, like, samurai and ninja and stuff like that. Oh, is
0: there, like, a car? Oh, please tell me that there's, like, a car one. (laughs) That they dress up like cars and, like, they have, like, little wheels and stuff. And one of the attacks is, like, vroom, vroom. And you roll up and just, like, run over the enemy. Please tell me there's a car sphere. I'm going to go ahead and guess no. Uh,
1: Because, actually, it's interesting. Please don't dash my dreams. Okay, yes, there's, there's definitely a car sphere. (laughs) but it's actually really interesting actually when you say that that there are no cars in this world but there are multiple airships
0: oh one of my okay segue into one of my biggest notices bro the airship in this game is so baller I love it. Yeah, bros uh or brothers motorcycle looking airship thing. Dude, and the the helm is like motorcycle handlebars and he's basically just rolling around on a gigantic flying motorcycle and <laughs> it is so <laughs> awesome compared to the other one.
1: Yeah, the uh the other one was perhaps slightly more believable in decide, but definitely doesn't look as interesting for sure.
0: Yeah. Um So I guess I never asked you, what are some of the things that you noticed? So like I was saying earlier, I'm
1: definitely intrigued by the smaller scale. I love the job system, but the whole dress spheres and garment grids thing is really weird as a framing for that. Like, on some level, it's pretty clear, given the design of the outfits, that this all exists as an excuse for fan service and... We have these spheres that give you magical outfits that you can transform into. Like, we did. I I don't need that explanation. Like, they can just wear a different outfit because they're a different job. Like, they've been in every other system that has the or every other Final Fantasy that has the job system.
0: Yeah, I kind of like the transformation, though. It's kind of just, it's
1: interesting. I, I don't mind. I don't. Uh, I mean, like I was saying earlier, it's not that I mind the transformations. It's just Shinra, the creepy kid, the, the the kid who apparently built all this. Comes off as kind of a creep because he's like, here's this thing that will give you powers, but you have to basically change your clothes in front of me to do it.
0: Well, nobody said that his has to be in front of him. And at least he puts pretty little sparkles everywhere. You want to talk about a real creep? You talk about brother. Yes. Do we want to talk about brother for a second? Because he is like an unbelievable creeper in one of those parts, I think where he like falls jumps out of his motorcycle or whatever, falls on the ground and hurts himself and then he comes in and fakes an injury and part of the playthrough guide is like you have to comfort him. I'm like I don't want to comfort this dude. He's like blatantly obsessed with Yuna and bro, I don't know if you're aware of this, but we're literally on a quest to find her boyfriend. Brother, he's, what he's, are you doing? He's clearly expecting
1: that Titus isn't coming back and that he's gonna be there to pick up the pieces when she accepts it. That's clearly his angle here. Brother sucks. Yeah, he's he had like no personality in the first game and That was good. I was about to say that was better than his personality in the second game that he definitely has that is terrible.
0: Yeah, because the personality in this game is just is you know okay? how's yuna doing what's yuna up to yuna do you want to come like into my chambers and look at this sphere with me like dude oh that's not even the worst
1: of it the worst of it is when he literally tried to get bunt to find money to pay her to strip in front of him at the very beginning what you missed that part maybe i'm i might have only noticed it because my game crashed and i wound up having to play the that very opening mission tutorial mission in luca like three times Oh, no, it's not the strip. It was for dancing. Never mind.
0: Oh, yeah. He wanted her to dance in front of him. I got that. I just chalk that up to what a creepy dude.
1: Yeah. For some reason, I thought it was because of, like, the garment grid change or whatever. And I was, like, always being a. Cre- I mean, he's still being a creeper, but at least it's just money for dancing and not money for literally change your clothes in front of me.
0: And then Riku's just like, oh, brother, you're a freak. Uh, and, like, kicks him a little bit. I'm like, he has a problem. He's like, he's just, no, get him out of here. The man needs help. Yeah. The man super needs help. He has a real problem and he's like obsessed with Yuna. It's very clear. So that aside, (laughs) even though that's a very big
1: aside, especially because he's clearly going to play a part in the entire game and that's going to be terrible.
0: Yeah. I like, if there's an, hopefully there's an option in this hundred percent guy to kill brother. And hopefully as a hundred percent completion, you need to, because <laughs> I hate him so much. I do not like him at all right off the bat.
1: And then there's Buddy that they keep making jokes about. Oh, he was totally in the first game, but we don't remember him. That's <laughs> my
0: favorite part. And then one of the things is like, you have to talk to this guy. So you walk over, you talk to Buddy and he's like, hey, do you remember me before? And you just like, yeah, no. Oh, <laughs> Oh, man. <laughs> Like, you weren't there. Like, get off my back. I don't remember you. Yeah, Bro, dude. do you have any idea what I did? My boyfriend's dead forever from my perspective. And
1: apparently all of my, all of my powers went away <laughs> between games.
0: And all I have is brother constantly hitting on me and wanting to get my attention. Like, dude, I'm sorry that I don't remember you from the first game because you weren't there.
1: But so to continue um, my init- initial observations, uh, so again, job system hooray, the fact that you can change your job in mid-battle is really cool. also reminds me of 13, because 13 kind of combined, in my opinion, some of the more interesting ideas from 10 and 102 into one package. What I'm not a huge fan of is the whole garment grid mechanic where you have to lay them out in a particular arrangement and you can only move to ones it's adjacent to.
0: Yeah, that that's pretty weird. It, it's it's interesting in the sense where you have to basically choose, okay, at the beginning of the battle, I'm going to be this. At the beginning of the battle, I'm going to be this. Um, so that way you can quickly change, especially because you never really know what you're going to get into. And with only three people, like, so. so with 10, you could change out people whenever you wanted, and then they would immediately get their turn. With this one, if you want to change to a black mage because suddenly a uh, flan has showed up, you have to wait an entire couple of at least one round of everybody getting attacks so you can change into the new outfit and then have your black mage stuff, which takes longer in general because you're using a spell versus just attacking. Yeah, that's
1: one of the things that I noticed As well, that certain actions, even after your bar fills up, it'll like summon a new bar that has to fill up. And again, I'm pretty sure 13 worked that way also, if I remember correctly. Because the idea of combos and making things go off in a certain order, I'm pretty sure, is also a thing in 13. Which, I will say, the whole combos and damage going up if you chain attacks, uh, that's a nice touch. I like that.
0: I haven't noticed any of that at all. And if that was explained somewhere, I definitely missed all of it. Yeah, I think they covered it in the, in the
1: somewhere in the tutorial, but it was very quick. So I like those sorts of things, and it's sort of like a more dynamic version of the ATB system, where not everything is the same length, and that's potentially interesting, but I feel like it kind of ha- hampers me more than it helps.
0: Yeah, I mean, like I said, I already don't really care for the battle system at all. I mean, th- but that's just, that's my first impressions, and that's moving immediately from 10 to 10 to
1: Oh yeah, it's definitely a downgrade from 10. Absolutely no question. Like I, Because 10's battle system was fantastic.
0: Especially from a handheld perspective. Like, I just want to be able to put it down. And yes, I know you can hit pause, and you can pause and freeze frame it wherever you want. But before, I could just get into a battle and just know that I have a couple of... as long as I want to prepare for said battle. Whereas now... I have to wait for a bar to completely fill up and then hit a button, and then I can finally wait.
1: And everybody's bar is a slightly different length, which throws me off a lot. Yes. And I'm
0: assuming it's related to class, and
1: Riku is just getting a bonus because she's a thief, but it's still really weird seeing her fill up, because in a lot of these sorts of games, if I queue up attacks, I'm used to, okay, all three of them are ready again at the same time, and that is definitely not the case here.
0: Nope. And, uh, yeah... It, it's definitely going to take some getting used to on my part. Like, and, and just wait until you start throwing like haste and stuff into the mix because that's going to be...
1: Well, yeah, and as, as you get farther and you want to do more of those strategic things, you're going to have to jump around between jobs a lot. And that is one thing that... So in most of the job systems in previous games, you usually have like a primary and a secondary class where the primary is the only one that's getting experience and you automatically have all of the skills of your primary job, but then you also have the secondary one you can equip to give you a little more versatility. And I think they got rid of the secondary job concept, which kind of makes sense since you could switch between like in the middle of a fight. So it's not as necessary, but that actual basically giving up a turn to switch constantly winds up making me feel weaker than I would have under the old system. Because like, okay, there's probably going to be, like, a time mage or something, because that's one of the jobs that traditionally happens. It'll probably have your haste and your slow and stuff, but then Yuna or whoever is going to have to switch to time mage, cast it, and then go back to whatever job she's doing for fighting. And you only get job experience for the job you end on, according to the tutorial. So, like, if there's one you're trying to level up, you're going to have to make sure you go back to it near the end of the fight.
0: Which means you're going to, and I hope... That haste is not one of those things where her dancing one, where you just dance the whole time and suddenly they everyone is darkness or whatever. Yeah. If, if you have to take up a whole slot just to cast haste or something, and that has to just keep going, th- that's gonna suck. That was
1: interesting. I really disliked that class because of that, but... I'll give them some credit for at least trying some different concepts with it rather than everything just being a turn, just being a turn, just whatever. Like the fact that they're kind of playing with the bar a little bit, I might come to like it. I haven't decided, I'm guessing I probably won't because that's my initial reaction, but I can at least appreciate that they were attempting something interesting here.
0: So so here's the other thing with these dress garments, that Shinra guy, when you first get the dancing one, Yuna starts, she's compelled to start dancing or whatever. And he specifically mentions oh, well, it, the, the, the sphere saves the essence of whoever it, it got the class or whatever, it got the abilities or whatnot from. Did this Shinra guy just straight up murder some people and save them inside of spheres?
1: Yeah, I noticed that too. Uh I'm assuming the actual answer is oh, well they found them and he learned how to extract this idea or whatever. It's still really weird.
0: So he's straight up extracting people's essences from spheres and then your part of your personality. It's kind of like Eye Zombie where when she eats somebody's brain. Have you ever seen Eye Zombie?
1: Um I haven't watched the show, but I'm familiar. I've read some of the comics. Oh,
0: uh, it's actually really good. Like she she'll eat somebody's brain and then she'll take on the characteristics of that person and like one of them they were like a video game nerd. one of them they were like a, a spy or something and each time like her her personality shifts so wildly in every episode because of because of whatever person she happened to be eating at the time. And um that kind of this kind of reminds me of that a little bit and in from my perspective in a good way. Cause I actually really like that concept of oh, that's interesting. Especially from a show, it's like it allows the actress to play many different people, and it just shows like what type of range they have. Um, Kind
1: of like um uh oh gosh the (laughs) dang it never mind I can't think of the name of the show now.
0: What quantum leap? No 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 I mean quantum
1: (laughs) quantum leap's a good example too, but more recent than that with the lady who played like nine clones or whatever. Yeah, I have no idea what you're talking. It about. was really good. I just can't think of the name. Was, I'm gonna be really mad, and I'm probably gonna scream it. Oh, that movie? No, it was a show. The Wednesday movie where like each one of them was a different day or something. No. Uh. Anyway, just continue with what you were saying, and I disrupted things. That was basically it. Okay. Well. <laughs> all right. <But laughs> I'm gonna be really mad. If, like next episode is probably just gonna open with me going, "It was this."
0: Yeah. I don't. I don't. I don't. Right. I. I definitely don't know.
1: But anyway. I understand what you're saying, and I agree that that's kind of a, that's interesting for a show. Uh, I don't know if that's going to come back around. Um, my first gut instinct is that something like that, maybe what's actually happening with that Titus recording.
0: But okay, and see, th- here's the other question I have, and that's and that's interesting. But the other question I have is why did What's her face change into Una? Yeah. That is so far not explained at all. And... To it, to completely change into Yuna makes no sense. Because it was her garment gear? Right, because none of them are ever... They
1: all still look like themselves when you change the characters. And yeah, I'm glad you brought that up. I had actually kind of forgotten about that. But yeah, that you make a really interesting point there.
0: Because the, the, the game starts off with them having some musical like gigantic musical moment where yuna's singing and um riku and Payne are like beating the crap out of people trying to get to the stage and i was like well that's weird okay yeah I mean, was... why are they attacking to get into a concert i thought they were friends what's happening yeah, like, i don't really know what's going on here and then you find out that it's an imposter and as soon as she takes the sphere off or whatever she just changes back Into her form, which makes no sense to me, because why is she changing into Yuna? And they look completely different in every respect. Which gives me all sorts of other problems, because I can totally see Brother sneaking into Yuna's room at night, taking her garment gear, and, like, transforming himself into Yuna. Brother's definitely doing that on the reg. (laughs) Like, brother is a creeper to a maximum degree he he is
1: extremely creepy he's
0: if that's an option he's definitely doing it and he probably got the idea from oh wait who's this other girl leblanc she changed into yuna this is fantastic was was leblanc
1: in the first game what no i didn't think so but i figured i'd ask before i said something because I knew you had just played it but i'm like I don't remember her at all. Unless she's
0: one of those summoners or whatnot. That was my first thought. I'm like, there was a summoner lady who looked kind of like her, but I don't think it was her. No, because the summoner lady that was with her is definitely not her because she wasn't a blonde. She was a brunette. If you're talking about the one who's like constantly completing with Yuna the whole game. Yes, definitely not her. I know that there was another summoner lady, but then she was, turns out she's dead the whole time. And I think the other summoners you run into at that point are all dudes. So I, I don't think she was in the first game. And if she was, maybe I, I don't know where she would have been.
1: No, I don't I don't think she was either. And it's really interesting that she apparently literally just came out of nowhere and is, like, extremely well-established suddenly. To, well, maybe not extremely because, like, they didn't know who she was. But, like, she's got henchmen and stuff. So she's, it's not
0: like she's some nobody. Well, if you look at it. it so Eternal Calm was two years. And I'm pretty sure this game establishes three years. So that means Yuna has been traveling with the Gullwings for about a year now, and it sounds like they've just run into her a bunch because these treasure spheres that everybody is searching for, she's like another thief.
1: Yeah, she's like a rival um, sphere hunter. And so Ten already established that spheres... I don't entirely get what the theme with spheres is like if they're supposed to all be the same thing or if they just went with spheres as a concept are the spheres that record videos and stuff. Cause I mean, that was already established in 10 with Jack's videos and things like that. Are those the same type of spheres as the ones that go in the sphere grid to power you up? Are they a similar like branches of similar technology? Where does it come from? Because you know sp- spheres aren't just an abstraction; they are a thing that exists in the world and does stuff. And now Ten Two is taking that to a new level.
0: Well, because there's also like Red has his Sphere Coin game or whatever. Yes, yeah, Sphere Break. He, he specifically says this is a new type of sphere that I found. So maybe spheres are like resources in the game, and depending on which ones you find, they can do different things. But the ones that the treasure hunters are after, I'm pretty sure they are just recordings. Well, yeah, because they're looking for
1: his, for Spira's history.
0: Yeah, and the ones that they're looking for is specifically, like, they're valuable in the sense of something is going on inside of them.
1: Right. I mean, they're they're basically, like, treasure hunting archaeologists back in the day who were, like, basically trying to find these and sell them to museums and stuff. They're Indiana of, Jones. Yes, essentially. Well we're Indiana Jones and they're Le- Le Rock or whatever his name was, the bad guy who adventure.
0: Yeah, but her name's LeBlanc, so it works out. There you go.
1: I actually almost said LeBlanc, and I'm like, no, that's her name. That's <laughs> not who I was thinking of. So I guess actually now that we're talking about this, that leads me to things that I'm kinda hope that I'm hoping that we'll see. As we go further into the game, I really want to know more about spheres. I didn't super care about it in the first one. I mean, I was kind of curious where they came from or whatever, but it was something that I wasn't, you know, I wasn't upset or really even thought about it when the game was over. But now 10.2 is making spheres even more important because, oh, there's sphere break. There's, you know, um, these dress spheres. There's all these sorts of things, the treasure spheres. And I kind of am hoping at some point the game tries to establish what a sphere actually is and where they come from.
0: My hope is that Blitzball is back uh, and not the sphere break or whatever the hell Yeah,
1: uh, sphere break, it's okay, I guess, but it's definitely no Blitzball.
0: Yeah, I don't know what that is, but you also gave me the impression that Blitzball was back, and if that's sphere break... If that's no. the mini game, I'm going to be mega ultimate disappointed.
1: No, um so, you know, full disclosure, I guess for the listeners here. I played some of 102, but it's been ages, so I don't really remember the plot or anything and I definitely didn't go anywhere near 100%. Uh and eventually I got to a point where I basically just like hit a wall because I hadn't done any side quests and I wasn't into the game enough to try to fi- to get past it. But at some point um, I distinctly remember playing Blitzball. You, you, you better. And if you, like when you're on the airship and you get the little descriptions of each location, in Luca it specifically says it's the Blitzball off-season right now.
0: Oh, yeah, that's right. Okay, yeah. So I would
1: assume it will open up in a later chapter.
0: That's my hope.
1: But, yeah, Sphere Break is kind of okay, but also very dumb.
0: Yeah, I don't care about it at all. I, it's I, not
1: even as good as the card games from 8 and 9, which I'll admit, I really liked the card games in 8 and 9. Unless I'm
0: forced to play it for the 100% stuff, I'm not going to.
1: There's probably a tournament or something later that you'll have to do, but yeah, I'm not going to mess with it. Uh, and I'm also not going to mess with the monster hunting.
0: Yeah, what is what is the point of the monster hunting?
1: What does it do? Okay, so there's some interesting ideas there. Like I, I'm intrigued by the idea of letting monsters join your party, which again is also something that... Dragon Quest is done for a long time, and thirteen two.
0: Wait, these monsters can join my party?
1: Yes, if you catch them, you can swap out the characters for monsters.
0: Oh, so I still only have
1: three or less, <sighs> because monsters have different sizes. Uh, There's small, medium, and large monsters. Cause I actually sat through the entire tutorial that the kid gave.
0: It's a long one. Um, I know everything, so <laughs> you're going to hear that a lot. Yeah. <laughs> Every time you talk to that little kid. <laughs> Good save. Um,
1: but so there are small, medium, and large monsters that you can catch. Uh, a small monster takes up one party slot, a medium takes up two, and a large takes up all three. So if you catch, like, a behemoth or whatever that's, you know, a big, beefy monster. It, I already you can, have a behemoth. Yeah, you, you can't use anybody else, just
0: him. How do you switch? I Okay. I'm going to have to figure out how to switch out then because I don't know how to do that.
1: But one thing that's really weird is it still wants you to pick a dress sphere for the monsters. What? Yeah. So I'm like, oh, how does that
0: work? Please tell me that the giant behemoth comes out and he is wearing a dress. I want that so bad. You know what? More. And. Oh, oh, oh. Okay the 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 behemoth the the behemoth comes out after you have unlocked the car uh, dress dressier <laughs> and you you basically turn him into a giant semi truck who barrels over everybody so you're making him into Optimus Prime perfect game ten out of ten must play
1: <laughs> so the main reward for that is you can do a monster arena with Shinra the kid. Um, who, and you can also level up the monsters by running around the party, you know, whatever, in the fights. The most interesting thing about it, at least to me, is all the fiends have, like, backstories, because these are, which, so they had always kind of established, even in Ten that the fiends were people who didn't properly pass on. And so what Shinra is apparently claiming he can do with these fiends you catch is tell you the life story of the monster you caught back when they were a human. Whoa. Because, like, I caught a random, like, Flan or something, and it was an old guy who was like, oh, the High Summoner, I'm so honored to be in your presence. I'm like, wait, is this really what they're always like?
0: Because I feel really bad about killing the monsters now. (laughs) I feel, yeah, he felt real bad about it when he was a nice monster, when you caught him Pokemon-style, but when you are out there fighting him, those monsters are straight up like, oh, hey, look, it's the High Summoner. Let's kill her. As from what I understand, the reason they become fiends is they're people, but they built up so much anger and rage about basically the way they explained it in 10 is they're mad that they're not alive and they're jealous of the living.
1: Yeah. They just like when you don't go to the far plane for and don't get sent properly, you eventually just build up like, yeah, this angry...
0: And see, like in 10, How did Seymour not turn into a fiend? Because his entire being was nothing but like rage and I mean men. he was. By the end of the thing, that's why he kept changing every fight. But he was but that's because he kept absorbing things. But he still had a human body. None of the other fiends we've run into turn into a start off as humans and then become fiends.
1: Well, I mean, Aaron basically was doing the same thing in 10 since he was dead. Because they, they did establish that basically if you have enough strength of will, you can maintain your original body, something like that. And Auron and um, Seymour are basically just, like, that level of awesome willpower that they could essentially just be like, no, I'm still me, screw you.
0: Yeah, I'm glad you added willpower to the end of that, because if you were going to sit there and keep Seymour as that level of awesome, I would oh, be no, very I, upset. Oh, no, I hated
1: Seymour. He was terrible and he was also like some of the most aggravating boss fights in the entire series. Seymour is awful. Yeah,
0: Seymour is the absolute worst. As, as someone who's fought him very, very recently, I absolutely hate Seymour. Um, and I'm fully expecting him to be in this game. Uh, to be honest, Seymour definitely has to come back. Uh, and he's got to be Optimus Prime. He's the one that you get the car dress fear from. <laughs> After you kill him, um, he's he's a truck, he's his own airship or whatever, and then you get the car dress here and you can fly around. I really need this. But no, each of them will be a different
1: car. Like, Payne will be a full semi-truck, because she's the big beefy no, one. No, no,
0: Payne will 100% be a motorcycle. Dude, <laughs> with her, she is the quintessential, like, bad girl. She 100% is on a hog. Oh, that's true. She's the biker chick. Yeah. Riku's gonna be a sea <laughs> and, and and Yuna, um, semi truck apparently. Well, that's the the the. Beh, the
1: oh right, you're uh, you're right. Semi-truck. The Behemoth is is the semi truck. I apologize. I don't know
0: what what Yuna would be. She would be something tasteful. Uh, well, just like a, a a maybe like a Honda Civic.
1: Yeah, there you go. I happen to drive a Honda Civic, so I'm all about that.
0: Yeah, maybe maybe like a Honda Civic or maybe a Chevy Malibu. <laughs> but so one thing and I guess we may
1: um, start to wrap up this first episode here, but one thing I guess I do want to mention since the final fantasy seven remake is uh, coming up now. And actually there are trailers and things, and you know it's a real thing and not just a rumor forever.
0: Yeah. So, I still don't believe that it's happening <laughs> by the way. That's yeah, fair. But I, 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 at this point, am not going to believe it's happening until it's in stores. Until it's at my house and in my PlayStation, I am just, no. The game doesn't exist and it's not happening. But so Shinra,
1: the kid in 10-2 versus the Shinra company in Final Fantasy 7 and Spheres as a concept, seem fairly similar to Materia from Final Fantasy VII. And I know that's been a rumor that people floated around for a long time since the game first came out that Spira was actually the world that Final Fantasy VII takes place in, and this is all just a prequel, and then Shinra will go on to found the Shinra company that will become the super monolithic entity in Seven.
0: Wow, so he becomes kind of a gigantic douchebag. Well, not necessarily, because this will be so long
1: later that it could be his descendants that become terrible people. Because
0: I think, if I remember correctly... He I'm... starts every conversation with, I know everything. Oh, yeah, okay, yes. He's a giant douchebag. He's like six years old. He's like Dexter from Dexter's Lab. But He's not six? He's very young. And where are you getting that impression from? His voice clearly has not dropped yet. What? Andrew, are are we even playing the same game? Maybe there's different voice actors in the remastered edition. Speaking of different voice actors, and I'm gonna—I think we'll leave I'm it on this. Pretty there. sure Titus has a different voice actor. That's part of why I'm not convinced
1: it's actually him. Are,
0: are we not going to talk about the elephant in the room? What's that? Waka? Or we- am I going to have to unpack all of the Waka business in the next? I think we should save that for
1: next time because we haven't actually run into him yet.
0: Oh, but I have so much to unpack. It's going to be a real well, let's go with treat. I hate him.
1: But we'll probably get to him next time because I don't think um I'm pretty I'm guessing he's at Besaid and I don't think we're too far away from going there.
0: No, it's before chapter 2. I mean, we have to because it's one of the hot spots that that's opened up. Right. We're definitely going to Besaid and one of the unspoiler quests is where's Waka? I'm like, I don't know. Hopefully dead. <laughs> you just walk along and find his
1: corpse washed up on the beach oh that would be a real treat oh what a treat maybe they'll maybe they'll build up to that with uh chapter five like when we finally get there he'll just be every chapter he's just following like further and further into like an alcoholic spiral until he just like commits suicide by ocean
0: (laughs) wow that was dark I was just hoping I'd find his corpse. You're like, you want him to, like, destroy, systematically destroy his entire existence. I was just throwing out the option. I figured you would enjoy that. I was throwing out the option. I was throwing out alcoholism. No big deal. <laughs> Walker would definitely be an alcoholic if alcohol was a thing. Although uh, alcohol has to be a thing, because what was in Oren's uh, tub? Um. Well... Apparently, like, actual fire. <laughs> well, uh, well. also, uh, what, maybe it was gasoline. I mean, the guy's dead anyway. Yeah, it's not
1: like he really is drinking anything.
0: Yeah, the whole time he's he's chugging a bunch of gasoline and then throwing it all over his sword. Which, okay, why on earth wouldn't he just... Why wouldn't you just have a little animation where Lulu comes out and casts fire on his sword? Just because RN needs to be awesome... Like, that could have been just as cool. To to be
1: fair, Aaron doesn't need to be awesome. He inherently is.
0: Yes, but so is Lulu.
1: Yes, that's true. I'm just saying, like, they don't need an animation of him, like, spitting alcohol up to make him awesome. He's already awesome. And yet there was. It's true. And then he even does that anime thing where he's like, oh, I'm going to use both hands now for ultimate damage. (laughs) But oh, uh, just now, that, now that we're getting distracted back into 10, maybe this is a good time to wrap it up before we get too far off the topic.
0: Uh, I'm very disappointed because I had so much to unpack and now I got to save it all for a week. I know. Oh, but, the amount of Waka. <laughs> Andrew, you really keep it like this is rough for me.
1: I at least want to get him in the game before we start really tearing him
0: apart. I hate Waka. I don't need to play this game to tear him apart. Yeah. <laughs> You're going to have to force my hand on this one. Okay. Well, on that note. We are gonna- definitely going to get to Waka next time. That's a guarantee.
1: Yes. Probably shoot for at least near-ish the end of chapter one by next episode. Uh, we'll see how it goes. But we're both busy and have a lot of like work. And you know, one of us is married and has to spend time with his wife and things like that. So we'll do the best we can. That wasn't that wasn't bitterness or anything. I'm definitely not jealous. <laughs> uh, this has been the first episode of Video Games Cover to Cover. Thanks for joining, and we'll see you next time.
0: I hate Waka. <laughs> see ya.